Chris is 31 years old and he was deported to Jamaica from the UK in June 2013. Chris has learnt to fit in in very different places and in very difficult circumstances at different stages in his life. When arriving to London from Jamaica as a 14 year old, when he went to prison, when he moved to Leeds and now as he builds his life in Kingston, Jamaica. This ability to adapt is audible when he switches from London English to Jamaican English and to Patois. My PhD research explores the life stories of Chris and others like him. I had the idea of doing a Desert Island Discs because I thought people might like to tell their story with music. Chris had never heard of Desert Island Discs, but he's a deeply reflective person and so enjoyed selecting the songs which tell his story. Of course, Desert Island Discs on Radio 4 concerns the biographies of famous, successful and important people, not deported ex-offenders. And there is something jarring too about asking Chris to imagine being banished to a desert island when he was, in fact, deported to an island over 4,500 miles from his home in the UK, where his mother, his siblings and his children, who are all British citizens, still live. Jamaica is not a desert island, but holiday brochures do market the Caribbean as a kind of paradise. This paradise invites us to collectively forget the histories of slavery and colonialism which have led us to our grossly unequal present. And deportation too requires this collective amnesia around Britain's history. Chris's story encourages us not to forget, not to forget him and others like him, and not to forget that there are different ways to tell a story about a criminal, a foreigner and a deportee. Okay, Chris, I want you to start by maybe introducing your childhood uh, in Jamaica. Well, I grew up in Kingston too, uh, a place called Rockford. Uh, childhood was good. Um, lived with my mom, and then my mom flew out, lived with my dad. Like, it was good. I went to school, primary school. I started to go high school, and like, father was growing me up the best way he could as a as a father. Growing in Jamaica, really, you know, he had a good job, so I didn't really have to really want as a child. But yeah, growing up was alright still. And you say your mum flew out. Yeah, she flew to England when I was about nine years old. And that's when I lived with my father, because when I lived with my mom, she wasn't as, as in a better, in a good condition to say she was working a good job like my father was. And money wasn't always there, so me and my mother was in the poverty line. Mm-hmm. So she had to really take a chance and try and better herself and better for we. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you can introduce your first piece of music. Well, growing up, um, Bounty Killer and Baby Sham, like them two artists, was the hit thing in Jamaica. So. And they showed a lot of positivity. They was respected and I take this this song throughout my life like another level. 
because you have to start from nothing to go somewhere, but you really have to work hard for it. All right. Bounty killer giving you originality uh -huh. Boss a shot if you respect and love the quality uh -huh. Listen good and pay attention to my clarity All of the girl them and say them love me personality uh -huh. Me got a foreign and big up my nationality uh -huh. Me love the money but me not about for vanity uh -huh. Me see the fast see them and come with an amacity Pressure me, pressure me but me not live on my sanity Burn up for your pun and poop on me so forgot it Cocky the yo so feel we learn that the ratty uh -huh. Feel so bend up and a rinse on the hug on it Hook man for Jonah Tell the shot of them full of solidarity. Tell the government free up the weed policy. How a country them pull up in make we manage it. Trick we and them kill me with reverse psychology. Okay, and then you moved from Jamaica yourself. Maybe you can tell us about that. Yeah. At first I thought I was going for a summer holiday. <laughs> Turns out I got into a high school in year ten. And at first it was it was new, I was I was open to the idea because I was now with my mum and like in a new environment and it seemed like good. So I was like, yeah. Moving to London was, was exciting, it was new, but it wasn't what I thought it was. It wasn't as high class. I didn't really see uh, what I saw on the TV, you know? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, London, what do you mean by that? In London you'd expected it to be... How was it different to what you expected before you, before you came? I mean, you were how old, sorry, just... Yeah, I was I was just fourteen, fifteen at the time. Like growing up, we watch TV and like the people talk, all them speaking on TV and on the shows <laughs> and things. Yeah, that is that was what I expected. But um, I expected to see big houses and 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 like more class than to see like tower flats and. And we lived in a council estate where, where it was just a, a, a one bedroom and we convert the living room into another bedroom to occupy more people in the family. And I'm like, I saw more ghettoness in London, which we never expect. So mm -hmm. it was it was it was new, but it, like it was, it was welcoming at the same time because it was different than Jamaica and growing up like I'm like, yeah, I welcome it really. And whereabouts were you living in London? Uh, I lived in West London, like Hanwell. I lived there with my mum, my aunt, and my cousins. Like just around the corner from my school as well, from my high school. So that was that was good. And yeah. how was uh, how was school as a Jamaican young young man? Why, as as a, a Jamaican, <laughs> growing up in school was funny, you know, because everybody was like, said this, said that, and like speak Jamaican all the time, and I'm trying to adapt, like to learn to talk like them. So more time I'm just speaking with an English accent, which they can barely understand, and like, but adapted fast. But in school it was alright because. The education system, like I was kind of 
okay with it you know it wasn't much different anyways we were just on the same level but it's just people were just more trying to understand what Jamaica was like growing up there and I'm like come on you've got Africans there and I'm asking about their country and but bare different ethnicities mm. in school, Indians, Kurdish. Like sometimes you had fights going on and you had to sit back because it was just bare different race going on and you're thinking what was going on here. And 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 you found out that really in, in high school as one year passed and the second year you realise that there was some racism going on in the school to say, Boy, it's really Somalians are fighting against the Kurds and the whites against that the blacks and it's it it was it was something different that I didn't really know. Mm. First time experiencing it, but school was fun though. I learned a lot. And then maybe you can introduce your second song. Um, like my second song, Akon Ghetto. Like after high school and. Growing up, growing up in London, meeting people and like knowing what London is like, I realized that the world are as a ghetto. Every country has a ghetto in there, you know. And that is my song. Hey, can ghetto. And I was asking whether it's conscious that you speak either in patois in in more London or in kind of Jamaican English. Yes, try to be conscious, try to be understood. Because more times that is my biggest problem. People don't understand me. In Jamaica. In the world. Oh. Whether I'm here or there. When I was in England, I had to talk so that they could understand me, so I had to adapt to speaking English properly. And then coming back here, people don't understand me with my English accent, so I have to adapt again to speak like a Jamaican accent, otherwise they would think I'm just a rich foreigner who is actually a broad Jamaican, you know? Mm. Okay, and then we're, we're in uh, London now, and... I want you to maybe talk about your kind of teenage years, after school perhaps. Yeah, 
song says, like, in the ghetto, like, London City is just a big ghetto in my eyes. So we were just growing and learning on how to live in the ghetto. You hear me? Like, we go to college, we try to get a trade or a skill, and we end up getting into more fights from people around in another community and then the postcodes war starts so the London was just the ghetto really, you know, and I I grew up learning more things that I was supposed to you know, I learn learn um sell weed, sell like I learned about drug dealing, like class A drugs, I didn't do it at the time. And how to rob people. I even took up smoking and drinking. So London really was a a, a college ghetto for teenagers, you know. So grow up there. You learn a lot. You learn to be a man as a Londoner. And then you were caught up in in trouble with the police at some point. Then. Yeah. Yeah, I got caught, arrested for robbery and attempted street robbery with my cousin. At the time, it was just one of those things that we didn't, like, no matter where you left, if you went East London, South London, North London, with a, like, yeah, every teenager was robbing somebody. So it was just another thing that we learned to do, and I got caught for it one night, you know? We got caught. <laughs> but yeah, we did, did. I got sentenced for what? 20, 20 months. I did 10 months in it. You know? But that was, that was London, really, you know? Everybody gets arrested in the teenagehood and goes to Ohio for some fighting, some stabbing, or some robbery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's being a Londoner. And. Maybe you can introduce your next piece of music now then. Joel Santana, who am I? Like, growing up in London and growing up in Jamaica, it was confusing. Because, like, I knew my father grew and my mother grew me up to be a good man. My grandmother brought me up in the church and then to come to London and learn so much bad ways. I'm like, really, who am I? Like, Am I that good person? Am I that person? But I always know, like, my mother's boy, I love my mom. So, this song really have uh, three different personalities in there. So, you really have to wonder who you are. Yeah, who are you? Who am I? Santana. You think the man can just play man. man. Y'all think niggas don't cry, man? Oh, we do. Yeah, man. I gotta get my thoughts together, man. I be thinking a lot, man. Light up a be crying sometimes too. But it's like, yo, yo, the time is now. My grind is here. Shit, my body is focused. My mind's in gear. Let's start it. I'm moving at an unstoppable pace. I managed to reach the top of the race before it started. Damn, cold-hearted man, rip apart your man for the green dollar. Point wherever my target stand. Holler, shoot and move from wherever my targets land. Damn, shit. I see ghosts when I sleep It's real, I got to wake up just to know I was sleep Holding the heat, cold sweat all on my sheet That's why I paint the most vividest pictures For my niggas, my bitches in the same position I live in No oil or hot water, just 
boiling hot water shit Cooking coke to the oil and hot water shit But who am I man? I can't tell you I cry too man Fuck is wrong with y'all man Come on Who am I? Shit is real man You know I told you to cry man We also talk about real shit So fuck with me so you served 10 months in Wyo, and then what happened after that? Yeah, I got, I got released to, to my mum's house, but my mum had left London and moved to Leeds, so I thought, I first start again, away from London and its, its ways, you know? Away from the bad influences and such, so I went to Leeds, just chilled, Relax, it was different. I couldn't even find no work or get back into school. So it was just sitting on my benefits, trying to get a flat. I got a flat eventually through a hostel. My probation worked out and all of that. Finished my probation, it was all right. It was just relaxed and like living a simple poor life on benefits. No trouble, no worries, you know? And you say you struggle to find work. What, what do you think were some of the reasons why it was hard for you to find work? Well, because in Leeds, at the time, there were job opportunities, but it's for the, the qualified and, and the favoured, I should say, because I, was, I went out to even an interview, and by the time I, was, I went to one at a restaurant, I thought, yeah, I can be a waiter. I can wash up two plates and thing, and I seen this white guy coming from the restaurant and I asked him for direction and he said, oh, am I going for the interview? And I said, yeah. So he's like, oh, he's just coming for it. I realised he was the third white guy and I was the only black guy there that day. I never got a job, so I looked at it, it was a favour, you know? So getting a job was difficult in Leeds because there was more people and less opportunities at the time. And so what were your what was it like in Leeds? How did you pass the time? Did you I mean you you spoke to me before about your area, maybe you could describe what your your area was like. The area was multicultural, like you had a mosque on my road. Like we went to a white church of Mormons with me and my mum, so it was it was it was it was mixed, literally like um but it was lower class. You could see that there wasn't really much riches in there. There was a lot of drug dealing going on out there and so forth. So a lot a lot of like I didn't really see any top high class people driving through the community. Yeah, man. Like it, it wasn't the best I living situation, but it was a community at the end of the day. Mm. And you lived like in a hostel in your own flat, and then also your mum was yeah, there. Yeah, my mum was there, so it was a, a community, a little support. Yeah. Did you um, spend much time with your mum's? You've got family, you've you got siblings as well. Yeah, like, like it was living at my flat and living at my mum's at the same time, basically, because I was going to be there for my mum. Even though I'm not there right now, make sure my brothers and sisters grow right, you know. 
So it was back and forth, really. So maybe you can introduce the next song now then. Like, at them times, like, and all the time, I'm always conscious about God. And Keen and Kanan, like, stop for a minute is a song that makes you really have to think and say, you know, you can stop and wonder why you are really here and what is your purpose. And that song there reminds me of that, say, yo, there's always a God in and really should be conscious of what is going on around us because, you know, our God is it. Okay, so you were you were in Leeds, and then what happened next during your time there? That a few years passed, I think. That got, I got, what's the word? Integrated in in that community, met people, going out partying, like got comfortable in it. And then I met a girl, got pregnant, had a son. Like, well, even with her, I even got another girl pregnant and had a daughter. So, at least was like, I'm getting, like, this is like my home now. I'm starting a family, you get me? Got two kids there. What? Man's on benefits, so I know I can't support them. I can barely support myself being on benefits. So man's like, boy, man can't get a job and try so many options and that and like man always no crime pays any for a time. So at the time like the best thing to do I thought I'm not going back to street robberies, I know that's a no no. So I thought, bruh, my boy is like introducing man to this whole drug thing to say, Yeah, you can sell class A drugs and rah. Man did it, got it for a couple months, bought bare things, got everything for my kids. It was all right, paid off a few of my, my council tax bills and all of that. Yeah, me, because got into some arrears with the council, thinking, boy, start selling drugs for the, just to provide some things for the kids. But once I got that, just stopped, start chilling, you hear me? I mean, that was all right, though. You said you were in arrears. Um, did you find it hard to? I mean, were you not secure in a life in, um, in with housing and benefits provided by the council? No, like like signing on benefits for the count for the government, getting that little money. Like nothing lasts forever, in it, because you're trying to find work and then you can't find work because no one wants to employ ex-convict even though you've moved area and you've got a new start and all of that 
like like it it it, it makes difficulty and they have a system to say oh if you can't find work after a period of time they're gonna say that you're not finding work and just stop your benefits and them things like you, you can't pay the rent you can't pay the council tax so they add up and then when you start getting back your benefits after a while like them things build up so you, in in the end like you can't pay them off because you're just gonna go hungry and just continuously be paying bills and arrears and nothing positive is gonna come out of it. So, like it weren't comfy, it weren't adequately, it weren't what I thought it was. You get me? Mm -hmm. And then, so you were selling drugs. Were you making much money, or you, you were spending the money on your kids um, before they were born, or, or were they? Yeah, before. Oh, okay. Yeah, because. Like, I just got the money and gave some to my mum, gave some to my baby mothers every weekend and just say, yo, buy things for their kids, buy things for their kids. And that was it, make sure they had food in their house and all of that. Because, like, one of them was on benefit and one of them was working, but she went on maternity leave, so I had to literally step up and be that role because I got them in that situation, you hear me? So, it, it it was it was that thing where boy, man just sold the drugs to get there, and I thought, as soon as I get there and and I can just stop, and try and find a job and just maintain, at least I prepare myself for a couple months where the kids won't need nothing. So maybe you can introduce your next piece of music, Chris. So yeah, like. Throughout like my life, like I grew up as a single parent, and I know what my father was like, and I thought I always want to be a better father than him, and like getting my kids, I thought I need to be that father that I want to be. So I went out there and took some risk for them, and like Joel Santana, like this song called Daddy, like reminds me of who I want to be, I want to be that man that's there for my kids that they can look up to and call daddy because it feels good for when my dad, my son and my daughter calls me daddy, you hear me? So I want to be that person that they can feel proud of to say yeah, you me? Damn man, this is crazy. Got a little son now. Flow me. Oh. <laughs> Running around is Crazy. I do anything, man. Do anything. Life is precious. Remember that. And if I die, then my child will be a bastard. I just had a newborn. Shorty weighs seven pounds, six ounces, twenty inches, too strong. I'm happy now. I'm a daddy now. I gotta be there. I ain't get to see my daddy round. We ain't never get the ball out, kid. I was young. The game caught him before I did, but. Back to you, son. Ask for you, son. I do any and everything. That's the truth, son. From the dirtiest diaper till you get old enough to dirty your nights up. I'm your cleanup man. You ever need a hand? Need a foot? Need a heart? Need a lung? Reach for the phone. Call me up, son. Yes, everything drops for you. Everything stops for you. I bury a block for you. I let go every shot for you. And I reload the clip just to make sure we. Okay, and so you were. In Leeds, and when were your kids born? Yeah, like my son, 
my son was born first, like the 6th of October. He was the, the first out of the two. My daughter was born April the following year, April the 26th. So they're like just six months apart, really, innit? But they, 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 it, it was, I got away, I went to jail a year after my daughter was born, a year and a month. So she was one year and one month old. And honestly, like, it was a short period. I saw my son as much as possible from he was born. My daughter, like, they knew, they they knew they left, their dad left them. I can say, innit? Because my, my daddy was the first thing my daughter said. Her mum was angry about that because, you know? <laughs> yeah, they want, my son, his mum, every time I come home, she's always there at the door, just knowing that at the time is like they've got a clock. With an alarm on it telling them that man's there because they're always waiting for me and you know feed them and grow them like them 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 first year it was it was it was a privilege to have even though it got cut short still you hear me and what happened to to cut it short and then obviously man went in jail in it got arrested second time for this time for possession of Class A drugs with intent to supply. So they was like, oh, got sentenced for three years and had to do one out of it and all of that. So I'm thinking, all right, then cool. Come out by the time my kids are two, but it weren't like that really, innit? Like it was just get sentenced, spent a year, got served a deportation order and that. So I was like, boy, man's got to fight this case. End up, sentence finished, getting sent to a detention center just to fight the case personally because they say man's an immigrant and I've been in the country for what, over 10 years and they're still saying, and, and after I've committed a serious crime, I'm like, possession with intent to supply. I've seen white people on the TV, on Crime Watch in the middle of the night, man's watching Crime Watch whilst I'm in jail and I'm thinking, this man got arrested for the same crime, but he got paid, he had to pay a fine for the possession of a Class A drugs and I had to get sentenced. I'm thinking, that is so fucking biased, you know, you know? Mm. So I'm thinking, alright, then just do this, now they're going to deport me for something, for a finable offence. Cause that's that's the minimum, you hear me? You go to jail or pay a hundred and twenty pound fine at the time. So I'm thinking, alright then, do my time. Now I'm just fighting a detention case. Spent over a year on this thing. Gave man a ticket. Saying, oh, you're going back. So I'm thinking, raw, but my case ain't even finished. I'm waiting for a court date to go and appeal all of this. Give you a ticket. You're thinking, raw. They ship you from one detention to another, like, like them things are like, like them things put you off balance. You're not focused on your case. You're not focused on what's going done. You're wasting a bag of money, like taxpayers' money, because man had to be borrowing bare money. Our mum had to be borrowing a lot of money, because 
I didn't hustle drugs for for ten years or whatnot. I just hustled it for a couple of months to get my kids right. Hit me, and I'm like, damn. Ah, right, then I ain't got no money for bill. <laughs> you know, they always say it was the first thing you do, put your money down for bill. I didn't do that. I made sure the kids was right. So now man ain't got no money to stop no ticket. Luckily, my solicitor managed to stop the first plane ticket. The second time, I couldn't stop it. I just said, you know what, mum, don't borrow no more money, you know, like, because it looks like it's a losing case, and by the time I come out, man's going to be working, and I'm not going to have to go through a whole lot of problems to try and get to pay back all this debt. So I'm thinking, I left my mum in debt. Come back to Jamaica, you hear me? The case was just weird because... When you look at the Home Office secretaries and some African name you're looking at, like, so you're thinking, what is this? You know? Like, is this people, is this a laugh? Like, they put in an African name to say, oh, it's okay. But when you look at it, like... I got, this is the person who was making the decision. Yeah, like, it's signing all of this. I'm thinking some African woman thinking, man, they say all black people come from Africa, but not all black people are Africans. Yeah, I mean, there's race even between black countries and all of that. So I just started laughing at that and thinking the tension. I thought, you know, man ain't got no money to win no case. Because you can win. Because when, you, when you're putting it down to it, it's a finable offence. Mm. When you watch crime watch and you see the man get arrested for the same thing as me and he gets to pay £120 fine and I don't. So... That's all right, man. That's life, isn't it? Maybe you can introduce your next next tune. Uh, my next song is by Styles P. It's called Ghost P. Uh, this song uh, brought tears to my eyes a couple of times because it's reality. Like after all the 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 life man lived in London and the life man lived in Leeds, the risk I took. You hear me like it's really really changed man and 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 put some different facts in play to say you know what i did all of that and really what have i left for my kids no not even a calf so they can sell and inherit not even a hundred pound in their accounts to say yeah that daddy did something for them like the only thing i left for them was just a name and uh, it's a, it, it, it hits man deep and my listen to it still. Seldom. My man's in a cell and it's too close to hell and the pain's overwhelming Only thing he left was his name for his children Shit hurt me bad, said the shame almost killed him Dog, you ain't to blame, no, the game get us real thin Used to have names that got brains at the Hilton Even had the range and the chain, then he chilled in Now he just survived off the beast that was built in I stay strong for him, later on I side for him Cause he a hard nigga, but shit hard for him I pray to God for him and me too, a lot of niggas see through I ain't trying to hear shit, but I need to I'm thugged out, but I motherfucking read too I'm conscious, but I like to blow weed too So I'm complex, I'm on the armrest Life ain't right yet I stay strong from a fitted to my night checks So, you were unable to win your case 
and you were deported. When when was that? Um, deported. Like that's what. Twenty thirteen June. Like and I look at it. I say this is some coincidence thing because it's literally um almost either a day away from the day I actually arrived back in the country. I'm thinking them lot kicking me out by the same time I came. <laughs> twelve years on. Twelve years. Yeah, okay. literally twelve years on. They kicking me out on the same day. I came like I started laughing. June, you know, but. Getting deported was, what should I say, getting removed because my case hasn't been finalised, you know? So they removed us out of the country pending that we can appeal our case from our home country to come back into the country and live our life if we had won the right to family life there. So I'm thinking, ain't that some foolishness that telling me to go, you know? Mm. So... And they're saying you can reintegrate yourself back in your country. And I'm like, that's just weird because you haven't spoken to nobody. I don't even know who am I going to look for. Who am, where am I going to find somebody? They didn't even say, let's try and find somebody that you can go to. Turns out, man come here, like, they're saying, oh, they've got detention centres, like homeless shelters for you to go and until you can find your family relatives and all of that. I'm thinking, this ain't no system. Yeah, I mean, luckily, my mum found one cousin and he picked man up from the airport where I managed to sleep in some one little bedroom, wooden house, like, like just some old bed and, you know, rain come through the roof more time, my, my bag's getting wet. I don't even know, like, it was a daze, mostly. Mm. I was trying to hold up my head going on that plane and... And, 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 and just smiling to say, you know what, they're not gonna break me, I'm not gonna come here and, and, and become nothing. I'm gonna I'm gonna uplift myself and be something. You hear me? And that's what I was coming through the airport in a days. Literally got got home, got to my cousin's house and I just smoked a spliff and just from then on like it's just been a days. But the flight was alright, I'm not even gonna lie, I didn't feel no different from nobody. A lot of people go through some different cases and some different experiences. Some people will get their their head covered and body bagged and chained up and all of that. Me, I think I was one of the fortunate ones. I'm thinking, how am I like not being restrained, no nothing? I've even asked for a bottle of Two bottles of a little of them little sh- whiskey shots, and <laughs> and they gave it to me, and they was like, oh, oh, I wasn't supposed to give it to you, but because you've been so well behaved, you can like don't ask you no more. I'm thinking, this is some foolishness. I'm thinking, I know I ain't no risk, but they're acting like I am. Mm. You get me? So I thought this paperwork is just a joke, innit? They write bad things about you for people to treat you bad. But they don't really want to give you the opportunity to prove them wrong. Mm. So I just said, you know what, man's going back to my country, innit? Come here. It's been, it's been alright, because everybody thought man came back with a bag of money, so everybody's running around and expecting me to come. But once I came off that plane, like, luckily, I came here, what, Wednesday? 
uh, Sunday, my mom had brought some brought some clothes and things for me at the detention center and gave me twenty pounds. So I come back with twenty pounds, twenty pounds. So it's been rough, been broke since. Mm. Your next piece of music seems relevant for this period. Yeah, like coming back with twenty pounds reminds me of that Bujabantan tune, the Porties, because it's like. Honestly, I was one of them that didn't really think about coming back to Jamaica. I never thought about it. I just thought I'm just going to live life wherever I am. And the way life was going, I didn't think about coming back or preparing myself to come back. You know? And then when I come back, I was like, this song is a big tune, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, well, take this some gargamel. Otherwise known as Bojo. Anytime you go for it, never you dear Joe Stone behind you. Can we kick things to take you? Watch me now. Yeah, yeah. Things change. No one who sees a life hard. You never used to say no money come my yard. You rent yo. You spend the whole of it abroad. Swallow your money now you're living like that. Why get the port come down in a one pass? Fuck and I no money but me no response. No abiding city, one pressure for me ranch. How when him they are foreign, him with important. But he never did a look back, never did a glance. Never know him would a tumble over like an avalanche. I'm a dung in a the hole and him don't buy a alarm. Not a line, not a letter, not a 50 cent stamp. If I don't want a shoes, I cannot go to Remington. When me hear the boy get deep, you know me vibes come. Send him back Uncle Sam, cause in the day and around. And a few thoughts you want drop in. Things change, no one who sees a life hard. Why you never send a penny come my yard? You rent yo, you spend the whole night abroad. Squander your money, no, you're living like that. Okay, so you've been back four years now. How has it been if you can if you can reduce it to a few minutes? A few minutes. <laughs> wow, man. Maybe that's hard. Honestly. Coming back has taught me a lot. I can say that I'm still learning. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like coming back is has been one of the, the hardest struggles God has given me, you know. Cause I know like even a lot of people like what abandonment and not preparing myself properly feels like cause I've been homeless. I've had my uncle tell me I can't sleep here because they don't know if a gunman or police looking for me and they don't want to kick out the door in the middle of the night and come kill him. So I was like, raw, uncle, like, fool's family, like, I need somewhere to stay. You know what's going on, why are you making up things? Homeless, sleeping in a homeless shelter, like, eating some weevil porridge and things. Some people like like hungry days where man just drinking bare water for days and might get a little bullet to eat or a couple of crackers or a slice of bread. Yeah, me. I know what a good friend is because my boy Junjun like like he's literally been there for man. Yeah, me. So mm-hmm. coming back here like I learned who family is from who who people are and. I know that I'm a deportee. <laughs> That's what I've learned. There's Jamaicans, there's foreigners, and there's deportees in this country. I've learned that. It's what do you mean by what do you mean by that? It's it's a class, isn't it? Like you've got the poor, you've got the rich, and you've got the wealthy. In Jamaica, you've got the rich, you've got the Jamaicans, and you've got the foreigners, and you've got the deportees. Each of us are treated differently. Mm-hmm. 
Like me, I'm always gonna be a deported. I'm always gonna be like I've had an opportunity and I've wasted my my chance to make money. And now nobody's gonna feel sorry for me to give me a helping hand. You have to literally try my very hard to go out there and 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 get a job. Unfortunately, I have a uh, sympathy and hard work and earning someone's trust. I've gotten a job, but it's been tough. It's tough. Mm. It's not easy as going to England, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> and people can tell that you're um, a deportee, as you say. Do you think, because when I met you, I thought your accent, you know, you sounded like, like a Jamaican to me. Is that because I can't hear it properly? Or do you think you can pass as a, Jama as a Jamaican who hasn't been away? Like, it's difficult because I can, I can like say the first conversation in my mind and go in there and be like yeah I'm Jamaican but eventually the English accent is just gonna leak out in some sentences so it's difficult like I don't even know I'm not Jamaican I know that for sure because I don't even know I don't even know the national heroes to such and I didn't vote I don't know nothing about the country too tough like I had to get a new birth paper when I came here yeah, I mean, I'm, you know what I mean, like, like I'm getting a new identity right now. Trust me, adapting, readapting again. Mm -hmm. you come back to your own country, and you don't know nothing about it. Like, yeah. maybe finally you can introduce your last piece of music. Like, The biggest smalls, yeah, that's 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 my artist there. You know, like throughout life, I like it's two albums. Like I can recall, like they've educated and guided me in a, in some ways, I must say. But one song like suicidal thoughts is it's a song that literally takes to me in a sense to say, you know what, like. I don't know what am I here for or what's my purpose or what am I doing right or wrong but when I look at some things like I'm thinking like I might as well just go in it like what's the purpose in life when life isn't really all fun and games or joy or your happiness and if you're trying to better yourself and you're still struggling one day after another of hunger and starvation and all like that like this song really makes me think, you know what, like, suicidal thoughts, isn't it? Like, yeah, everybody, I know, some people might not think about it as often as I do, but suicidal thoughts, Biggie Smalls, man. When I die, fuck it, I wanna go to hell Cause I'm a piece of shit, it ain't hard to fucking tell It don't make sense going to heaven with the goody goodies Dressed in white, I like black Tims and black hoodies Gotta probably have me on some real strict shit No sleeping all day, no getting my dick licked Hanging with the goody goodies, lounging in paradise, fuck that shit I wanna tote guns and shoot dice All my life I've been considered as the worst Lying to my mother, even stealing out a purse Crime after crime, from drugs to extortion I know my mother wish she got a fucking abortion She don't even love me like she did when I was younger Sucking on her chest just to stop my fucking hunger I 
wonder if I died Would tears come to her eyes Forgive me for my disrespect Forgive me for my lies My baby mother's eight months Her little sister's two Who's to blame for both of them? I swear to God I wanna just slip my wrist And end this bullshit Throw the magnum to my head Threaten the bullshit And squeeze until the beds Completely red I'm glad I'm dead A worthless fucking Buddha head The stress is building up I can't, I can't believe Suicide's on my fucking mind I wanna leave I swear to God I feel like death is fucking calling me Nah, you wouldn't understand Okay Chris Thanks for sharing your Desert Island disc with us Now you can take the complete works of Shakespeare, the Bible and the Quran, but you can also pick another book to take with you. What book would you take to your desert island? Book? Um, I wouldn't take one book, I would take a selection of Donald Goins' because he's got bare short stories on, you know? Each one of them, so there's about like a dozen of them. I think they will add up to just one book. So I'll just take that selection of Donald Goins because he's, he's a great... Oh, for when he, and he writes about real life of, of through other person's eyes in the 60s and the 70s era. And his work literally cost him his life. So I, I honor that by having that piece with me to say, you know what, as a realist, like, I'll have the realist with me, you know? Okay, I've not heard of him, but I'll check him out. And you're allowed to take one luxury item with you to the, to the island. Have you thought about what you would take with you? Um, I would take one signed Chelsea shirt <laughs> by the great, the eighth king of Rome, Didier Drogba. <laughs> you know, just to have say... Have you got this shirt or you just mean gonna... to, I would love to have it. Oh, okay. Like, just to say I've been on a desert island and I've met the eighth king of Rome. Because, you know, the king, King Didier, man. Well, so you want to take Didier Jogbo, you want to take a size shirt, you can just take... What am I going to take? What am I going to do with him? <laughs> Play football, I don't know. We ain't got no football. We've got one item. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. You can make a football out of Yeah, the memory. Uh, hang it up on a coconut tree and say, <laughs> I've met the king. You know? That's a complex one. You need to meet him and then get the shirt and then take it. But I'll give it you. That's fine. Um, and then finally, from the eight songs you've picked, if you had to... Pick just one favourite, would you be able to? And if so, what would it What would it be? Um, what would I be if I could choose a favourite song out of the whole lot of them? Boy, that's hard, you know, because they're all some good songs. But realistically, I would actually, like, choose the like track free like who am i by joel santana because like i can relate to that a lot throughout my life you know mm-hmm. okay well good luck on the desert island and thanks for sharing your story with me all right if you ever flying by just drop off some you know <laughs> will do